Welcome to Ominous Ones. I'm Tara. And I'm not Tara. And this story is about Robert Fisher. It's a murder slash disappearance. Not Tara's favorite. I know you love a good disappearance. Negative. So let's start at the beginning. He was born April 13th, 1961 in Brooklyn, New York. So is this still an open case then? Yeah. And he's disappeared? Yeah. But how do they know he's been murdered then? Or someone else was murdered? I'm going to tell you. Okay. (laughs) We'll get there. His parents were William Fisher and Jan Howell. His dad was a banker and I think his mom was a stay-at-home mom. Robert had two sisters I couldn't find much about. William and Jan got divorced when Robert was 15 in 1976, and people think it really affected him later in his life. Robert's dad moved to Tucson, Arizona after the divorce, and all three kids went with him, which I found strange. Especially in the 70s, I feel like you don't hear about dads getting all the kids. Like, maybe the boys, but... Maybe mom didn't fight. Maybe, I still thought that was weird. Or they wanted to go with him. And she was like, okay, if that's what you guys want. Goodbye, family. See you never. Friends that went to high school with Robert said he was, quote, very bitter, unquote, about his parents and their divorce. He felt like his mom had left the family and he stayed upset about it pretty much forever. Robert was in the Navy for a while and he wanted to become a Navy SEAL, but he failed the test. After that, he left the Navy and started working as a firefighter in California, but had to leave that when he hurt his back. He loved being a firefighter because he loved being outside and was a skilled hunter and fisherman. Since he wasn't able to be a firefighter anymore, he decided to, that he wanted to get into the medical field, so he moved the whole family to Arizona where he grew up and was eventually working as a surgical tech in Scottsdale at a Mayo Clinic. In 1987, Robert got married to Mary Cooper. The family tried to put on a good face for people, but people knew that Robert was really controlling and he could be mean, and he also got violent. Any relation to Alice Cooper? Negative. Mm, That's unfortunate. Pretty much. He told Mary that the walls of the house could only be white and not much was allowed to be hung up anywhere. With how close the couple fought... Mary decided how much they fought. Mary decided to get a job that she told a friend was a quote security fund unquote in case she ever needed to get out in a hurry. A close neighbor said you could always hear them screaming and fighting. Friends of the couple said Robert was mean to the kids and in one situation when teaching the kids how to swim, he threw them off a boat and they were freaking out and he eventually pulled them back on board, but he let them out there a concerning amount of time. Like, everyone else on the boat was like, you need to get them back up here. And he's like, not yet. Let him drown. Robert was also upset that his son wasn't interested in outdoorsy stuff like he was. Robert once told a friend that he had cheated on Mary when he slept with a prostitute, and then he had to tell Mary because he got an STD out of it. Wow. That was, yeah. Both were involved in a church, but he was said to stray away from it when he thought something was going on between Mary and their pastor. Like, how's the solution to that? Is like, well, I'm not going to go to church then because she's sleeping with the pastor, I think. <clears throat> Allegedly. But I sleep with prostitutes and get STDs. But I'm not going to church anymore. Mary's mother said this about Robert. 
Quote, Fisher didn't socialize often with family because of a fear of getting too close to people and losing them, unquote. Robert's mom said that she was really obedient to Robert's father and was scared to say anything against him, and when Robert and Mary were first married, she saw the similarities and warned Mary about it. Which I didn't find when his mom came back into his life, but she did if she's telling Mary, like, hey, you need to be really careful about him. He's like his dad, and that's scary. Well, maybe um, it wasn't a situation of, like, the kids lived with dad, but mom was still present. Well, everyone said he was upset that she abandoned the family. Yeah, but that could just be, like, leaving the marriage. I don't know how upset he was. It seems like she just fell off the face of the earth. Like, he was, like, that upset forever about it. I don't know. At some point, she came back and told Mary, his dad is crazy and violent controlling, and so is he, so be careful. A longtime friend of Robert's said their relationship mirrored his parents. In 1998, a friend of Robert's also said that Robert told him he was ready to kill himself over his relationship problems with Mary, and he intended to do so in the woods. Around this time, he and Mary went to their pastor looking for marriage counseling, which again I find weird. He thinks Mary's <laughs> sleeping with the pastor, and then it's like, well, we need marriage counseling. Let's go to Let's him. Let's go to him. And the church I don't attend anymore. I saw a thing about that on Facebook, like a meme or whatever. It was funny. Robert's friends noticed him doing weird stuff around the time of the incident. Once, while he was out with people elk hunting, he put some blood all over his face. Someone also saw him sneak up on people having a picnic in a public area, and he snuck up really close to them and then shot his gun in the air several times. Scaring them, obviously. That is rude. That's aggressive and illegal and not cool. Imagine you're having a picnic in the park with your family, your friends, whatever. All of a sudden you don't notice someone's standing behind you and then they start shooting their gun off. Like that's something. That's terrifying. Like how were the cops not involved and a bunch of stuff? Like that seems like a big incident. I just picture like downtown by the river. We're in that grassy area. Yeah. Having a picnic and a homeless guy comes up from behind a tree and fires a gun behind you. I was picturing like a nicer area, like downtown, I would expect that to happen. Picture it in somewhere where I wouldn't expect it to, like South Reno, the rich neighborhood. <laughs> you think everything's calm and fine. Around this time, he also distanced himself from the church again. And he told a hunting friend that he was ready to recommit himself to Mary and his church when at around the same time, Mary told a couple people she was ready to divorce Robert. So he's distancing himself from the church, but then telling, but then is telling people, I'm going to recommit to her and get back into the church. And she's all he's about. And then she's telling people, I'm going to divorce him because he's crazy. So a few weeks later, the incident happened. At 8.42 a.m. on April 10th, 2001, the Fisher house exploded. The explosion was so strong that houses half a mile away felt it. Jesus. Neighbors called 911 and did what they could with hoses to try to put the fire out. Which, if the explosion was that big, is your hose really going to put it out? Like, I get helping, but I don't know. Seems like a band-aid on a bullet wound, kind of. For real. 
The firefighters managed to keep the fire contained to the house, but smaller explosions in the house stopped them from getting very close. Those were thought to be bullets and paint cans and random explosive stuff going off, and they weren't sure exactly what was in there. I was just going to ask, do they know what was causing these explosions? People were just like, oh, he's a hunter. It's like, there's probably bullets in there. Then paint cans and just stuff you'd have in the garage, but they weren't sure if, like, something had been set up or what was in there. I'm sure they could determine that afterwards. Once the fire was put completely out, they found that a gas line from the heater in the house had been pulled off and a candle had been lit on the other side of the house. So once the house was full of gas and eventually reached the candle, it exploded. So essentially lit a really, really long fuse. That's ridiculous. They said it would have taken about 10 hours for it to reach the candle. So obviously... All of this was intentional. And if you're in the house, you're going to be unconscious by the time that reaches the candle. With the carbon monoxide or whatever, with those gas fumes. They didn't have to worry about that. They found the body of Mary, who was 38 at the time, and the bodies of the two kids, who were 10 and 12 at the time. After the autopsies, they figured out that Mary had been shot in the head, and then her throat was cut, and then the kids' throats had also been cut. They think they died between 9.30 p.m. and 10.15 p.m. on April 9th, the ninth before the explosion. Robert's body wasn't inside, so he was suspect number one. Absolutely. Well, first, everyone's... He was sus- suspect number one before. Well, everyone was like, oh, except for close friends, they put on, like, a good face to everyone. So it was like, oh, my God, the whole family is dead in there. Thinking, like, oh, you got to get Robert and Mary and the kids out. And then finally at the end, they're like, wait, why is his body missing? And then it started to come out that his close friends were like, yeah, their relationship was actually terrible. The cops traced Robert's steps and found he was driving Mary's forerunner and went to an ATM at 1043 p.m. after the murders. And he took out $280 in cash. Robert and the forerunner couldn't be found, so they figured he was running in it. So, I don't know why it took them this long, but four days later, on April 14th, 2001, he was officially a person of interest in the murders and the explosion. A bulletin was released to the state of Arizona that if he was found, he needed to be arrested. So, I'm like, why did it take them four days? Maybe they were, like, putting it together that he was crazy and it wasn't immediately known. I feel like that should not take that long. Yeah, as soon as they talked to close friends, they realized the truth, kind of. It seemed pretty immediate to me, but... Well, they put on a good face. Nothing was found to indicate his whereabouts until six days later. On April 20th, the forerunner was found in the Arizona Tonto National Forest. The family dog, Blue, was found hiding underneath the forerunner. He was hungry, but alive. Not much was in the car except a hat that Robert was seen wearing when they found the ATM footage. The nearby forest was searched for him and one cave was searched. The forest has a lot of caves and some of them connect underground, so it would have been a really good place to hide. In the years since, most of the other caves... So they were like, we're just going to check one? Pretty much. I think a lot of them are really dangerous to go into. I watched a show about this. There's like a lot of caves and some they're like, hmm, I don't know about going in there. In the years since, most of the other caves have been searched by professional cavers, but he has never been found. 
Some speculate that he hid in a cave and came out and ran away after the cops were done searching. He possibly could have killed himself and they just haven't found the body yet. Or he could have died from lack of oxygen being in one of the caves and not realizing you're going to lose oxygen and they just haven't found him yet. A lot of weight was... Or he's still on the run. A lot of weight was put into the theory he killed himself since he had threatened that to his friends before when Mary was wanting to divorce him and he was like, oh, I'll kill myself in the woods. A lot of people were like, maybe he did it and they just haven't found him yet. A mile from the forerunner, the land changes to an Indian reservation. Footprints were found leading onto the reservation from the direction of the forerunner, but the cops aren't allowed to search it since it's Indian land. Why didn't they get the res police involved? They didn't want to be. They were like, nope, you're not coming in here. They were like, mm, not our problem. Pass. There was a report that someone saw a man walking on Young Road, a nearby road to where the forerunner was found a few days before the 20th, but they waited a really long time to report this, so there's really nothing they could do with that information. They're like, maybe it was him, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, by now he's long gone, so... Robert had gone camping in the forest by where the forerunner was found with a friend on April 10th, so pretty soon before everything happened. And the friend's wife thinks Robert went there to make a plan for what he was going to do after the murders. An arrest warrant was issued for Robert on July 19, 2001 for arson and three counts of first-degree murder. He was put on the FBI's 10 most wanted list on June 29, 2002 with a $100,000 reward. Thousands of tips came in, but they never led anywhere. Jesus. This part's kind of weird. Someone was arrested in February of 2004 in Vancouver, Canada, who almost completely matched Robert. The guy had a matching back scar from a surgery and was missing a tooth that Robert had a gold cap on. His fingerprints were tested, and they didn't match Robert, and the cop who checked the prints said it didn't look like they had been changed. But it's kind of weird, like his scar and his tooth. Yeah, his doppelganger up there in Canada. Who's also a criminal. Hopefully just not as bad. <laughs> Robert was taken off the FBI's 10 most wanted list on November 2nd, 2021. He is still wanted, but they said after 20 years he was no longer suited to be on the list since the list is there to give publicity to a case and this is a well-known case. So like, we're going to take him off and it's been 20 years. Well, yeah, not only that, but they need to put you know newer cases up that are not 20 years old yeah so for some theories like i said before people believe he might have killed himself either in the forest or on the reservation and they didn't want to be involved he possibly could have started a new life and has since died but was never properly identified some think that he could have lived a long time in the forest with all of his outdoor skills but the cops disagreed and said, even with a lot of skill, there's not enough resources out there to make it a very long time. And it didn't seem like he took anything with him. Something he yeah, could have... They don't know what he took from the house before he blew it up either. Yeah, but I'm like, how much could you carry? He had the forerunner to get it out that far. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe if he had a little cart, a wagon... No, but they only saw footprints leaving the forerunner, huh? Yeah, going, oh, wagon prints. going to the reservation. Some think he caught a ride out of the forest and started a new life and is alive somewhere under an alias, and he would be 62 if he is still alive. 
He also could have left the country since tips have come in about people seeing him in other countries. And he is still considered wanted, armed, and dangerous. And he has ties to Florida and New Mexico. So he could be anywhere. He could be dead. He could have died right after in a cave. No one knows. What do you think? I think he's probably dead in a cave. And they haven't found it yet because there's a lot of caves out there. Either that or he changed his alias and he's alive somewhere with a family abusing some other lady. I think he probably knew somebody on the res. And that's why they covered for him. I mean, the footprints did lead that way, so it makes sense. Well, that's the story of Robert Fisher. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.